Well, hey, thanks for joining us. I want to take a, a fresh look at the Great Pyramid air shafts. You know, these are the part of the pyramid that uh, are only available to us in the 21st century, really, with the, uh, the advancement of robotics and things where we've been able to study these. And so uh, that puts a special spotlight on them. Now, the accretion theory of uh, building of the pyramid, let's grab a pen over here and uh okay pick, make it be yellow okay so uh you know if if the, the pyramid's being built like this then obviously these queen chamber shafts were built you know at the same time that the queen's chamber shaft was being built they're going up now the accretion theory which was uh, started by borchert the uh, egyptologist is the idea that the builders had to be ready at any time for the king to die. So they had to be ready to kind of fin finish the pyramid off. So if he would have died here, you know, theoretically he was going to be buried down here, but then once the pyramid got up, oh, we can bury him here. But if he still wasn't dead, we could bury him here. So that's the accretion theory. And it really kind of caught on among Egyptologists. I think it's kind of a stupid theory. But uh, anyways, if it was true, well, let's say he, you know, the Pharaoh's still living. And so now they get up and they're at, at the place of the Great Pyramid. Okay, so now they're building the king's chamber shafts because these are the shafts that the king, of course, is going to use to go. This is, this is how the theory goes, is going to use to go, you know, into, into the next life. Well, there'd be no reason to continue these. So why were the, the queen's chamber shafts continued once we got to the point where, okay, the pharaoh's still alive, we're going to use these. So that's just one of the many ways to, to show that the accretion theory is kind of silly. Okay, so some other new shaft ideas here. Now, we know that, uh, you know, uh, Baval and others have said that these particular passages, these air shafts, point to stars. So uh, the constellation Orion is pointed to by the uh, southern shaft from the king's chamber. And from the southern shaft of the queen's chamber, we're told that points to Sirius. So that's pretty standard for those of you that follow, you know, the Orion correlation theory. But it's not just Orion that's pointed to by that southern shaft out of the king's chamber. It's Alnitak, the belt star that actually corresponds to the Great Pyramid. And so, as I pointed out on my last tour in September, So obviously, we're inside the king's chamber here. Okay, so there's the southern shaft in the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid. And that's the one that points to Al-Nitak. Okay, so that's the point I made there. Okay, so here's another thing to think about. Okay, now obviously I did that a little crooked to make my point here. If you do extend those lines farther out beyond what this screen would show, they're crossed. So the, the builders of the Great Pyramid could have done it like what is shown here. This Great Pyramid shows that you're pointing to Kolkab and Thuban, which were imperishable stars, which were the, the pole stars in ancient times. There's no reason to cross those lines. The builders could have had, you know, just like they did to Al-Nitak and Sirius, there's no cross lines. You know, they point what they could have gone straight to Kolkab and, and Thuban that way. Why? Did they cross? Why the crossover? That says to me there's something more for us to learn here. Furthermore, 
Uh, you know, Baval says that that uh, the, that shaft, the southern queen's chamber shaft, pointed to Sirius in 2400 B.C. Okay, and then Alnitak was pointed to in 2475 B.C.E. Why the time? Why the different times? Like that doesn't what what, what I mean? There could be a, there could be a, a meaning. There could be a purpose, but it seems like there's something else going. Like no, why would you have them at different times? Why why not just make the shaft a little bit different so they're pointing to Sirius and and uh, Orion at the same time? You know why not do that? Why these different times? So there's there's something going on here. Okay, so let's let's try and work towards some answers here. Okay, so. Uh, I've got the 23.5 because that's a pretty standard known uh, angle. 23.5 degrees is the angle of the Earth's tilt. Uh, of the you know the the polar diameter is is turned 23.5 up a true north south. Okay, so I've got that, and then I've got the other red triangle there to indicate you know a connection to the Earth. We'll see in a second here. So inside the Great Pyramid, you've got the 23.5 degrees. It's like the it's like the pyramid builders knew there's a message here. They knew the tilt of the Earth's axis for because from the uh, southern vertices up to the King's Chamber is exactly 23.5 degrees, and then this 6.5 degrees. We'll see that in a second. But from the 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 uh, top the apex of the Great Pyramid again to the King's Chamber, it's at an angle of 6.5 degrees because the King's Chamber is offset from the the vertical that east-west there. Okay, so there's the the shaft to Al Nitak. We looked at that. And here's another 23.5. If you take the center of the queen's chamber and go through the center of the king's chamber, it's another 23.5 degree angle. So the Great Pyramid seems to be connected to these earthen measures because, look, if we superimpose the Great Pyramid over the earth, so you can see that we put the king's chamber right in the middle, right in the exact middle, and so that would place the Pyramidian a little bit off the earth there. So you can see right there, okay? And then look what else you have here. You've got the 23.5 degrees going right from the, you know, the queen's chamber to the king's chamber, okay? Then we've got the 6.5 degrees. If you, if you can see the uh, ecliptic plane is the zero, but where the Great Pyramid actually is on the Earth, if we point it down to the king's chamber, which is, would be the center of the Earth, it's a 6.5 degree angle. Again, so uh, you know, the, we've got this connection between the pyramid and the actual Earth. A lot of people have recognized the, the general connection between the pyramid. The pyramid is a life-sized, or not a life-size, is a one four hundred thirty-second thousand, you know, scale model of Earth, uh, of the northern hemisphere. Okay, so again, so why the the different times? We talked about that, and why the crossing paths? Okay, um, because the the. The pyramid designers, the builders, the one, the messengers, the one giving us the message in the Great Pyramid, the things we just looked at would only be understood by a people that understood all those dimensions about the Earth. So, so we in the 21st century obviously know that there's a 23 and a half degree tilt, and there's a six degrees off the ecliptic, and all of that. Well, so. Only we could understand that the Great Pyramid encodes that because we understand those things. But the builders, the designers, the messengers of the Great Pyramid would seem to want to tell us more. Just simply giving, giving us the encyclopedic knowledge we already have would be just kind of, you know, redundant or whatever. It seems to me 
that there's more of a message here. Because again, we already understand all this. We already have the encyclopedia that tells us the 23.5 degree angle, you know, off the Earth's, uh, you know, ecliptic plane, the whole thing. So what else is here? Well, the Pillar of Enoch, which I think the Great Pyramid is, there's ancient Arabic and other ancient legends that say that the Great Pyramid would encase a warning that Enoch wanted to warn future generations, not just people in his time about the calamities coming, but about a future, a future people. So I think that that's what we're getting into here, that there's a warning inside the Great Pyramid through these messages. So what's the message? Now, I'm not going to unpack the message today. I'm still working on it and trying to figure it out. You know, that's one of the purposes of our channel is to try and explain the mysteries, try and uncover the mysteries, because I think that's what the design of the pyramid is inviting us to do. Okay, so here's the idea that we're working with. The air shaft, the southern air shaft that you saw me standing in with, with the, my tour group in September in the video we showed, that points to Al-Nitak. Okay, we know that. Okay, why doesn't this one also point to Al-Nitak just at a different time? Pointing to Al-Nitak because there was a shift in the Earth's axis. There's every reason to believe that at one time there was no 23.5 degree shift, that the Earth had 360 day year, perfect months of 30 days, and it rotated around, you know, a, a zero degree tilt. But something happened, a catastrophe happened that caused the tilt of the Earth's axis. It's of major light. If you'll recall, in that version, unlike half goods, it was the okay, so here's a YouTube video among many showing the scientific reality if there is an unlocking of, the of how there could be an Earth tilt even today. First, the Earth is lopsided and wants to tip over. Mountain ranges rise high above the sea and much higher than the sea floor, with ice caps at the poles rising higher on top of that. The massive weight of the polar ice wants to spin at the equator due to the force enacted by Earth's rotation, but cannot unlock the crust by themselves. This was Einstein's only problem with the crust displacement theory, and he never considered an outside force. The countervailing force to that, after unlocking the crust, is Earth's oblateness. Due to the same forces wanting to make the ice caps spin down to the equator, Earth does have a bulge. And that means that a total crust shift as one is highly unlikely, but rather a heterogeneous one instead, where the liquid mantle ripples and reforms easily, and the thin crust bends and breaks and conforms to the fiery bed beneath. Some areas fall into the sea, others are pushed up into the sky to reform the oblate sphere. Tough to know which is which on the world right now. But we can start with one potential hypothetical scenario. The case where the crust is unlocked due to thermal and electromagnetic processes, and the polar caps can... Okay, so I just ran that clip, put the description in the video, in, uh, in, below in the, in the description of the video. But, uh, you know, I put it there because people are talking about that today. Could it be that the Great Pyramid is warning about that? It plainly reveals information about the Earth, its axis tilt, just like an encyclopedia. And only a civilization that understands these mechanics would understand the Great Pyramid was revealing them. 
So if there is an intelligent agent behind the encyclopedic embedding in the Great Pyramid, what is the further message? Well, based on the oral traditions of the Great Pyramid's Genesis, we conclude that there is a warning embedded, and that's what we'll be working on in videos to come. So please stay tuned as we expand upon the encrypted warning that I think is embedded within the Great Pyramid. Uh, check out our tour in April, the Adventurer's Tour, and then we'll have one later in November, possibly others. And uh, please check out my book, The Orion Correlation Theory Extended. You can find that on uh, Kindle on Amazon or uh, Enoch, uh, The Enoch New Orion Connection Hypothesis. I've got that book. Uh, I think you'll find that very interesting. Well, thanks for watching. Subscribe, like, tell your friends. Appreciate you.